edition of What's New in Adapted Physical Education. I am Melissa Bittner, Associate Professor at California State University in Long Beach. Um, also, I have the pleasure of being the social uh, media uh, manager, director, whatever my fancy title is, <laughs> for the National APE Conference, uh, the 52nd. I am here today with uh, a lot of the important behind the scenes players for the NAPEC Conference. Uh, this podcast will include interviews with Heidi and Lemmy, who are the co-directors of the conference. Then we have the keynote speakers, Jen Hebink and Greg Bellender. And then finally, we'll wrap the podcast up. We have a special behavior management workshop. So without further ado, um, I would like Heidi and Lemmy to go ahead and introduce yourself uh, as co-directors of the National APE Conference. Thank you so much, Melissa, and thank you for completing this podcast. We're super excited about our National Adapted PE Conference this year, the 52nd. Um, I'm Heidi Ambrosius. I am one of the co-directors, um, and I am an Adapted PE Specialist in Moreno Valley. I'm also adjunct at Cal State San Bernardino, and I'm also the chair of our state council on adapted physical education and was blessed enough to be uh, become co-director of this amazing conference with my co-director, Lemmy. All right, thank you. Thank you, Melissa, for having us today. Thanks for, um, thanks for putting in this work too. I know as Heidi and I both know, there's a lot of behind the scene work that goes on to put on our annual conference. And we've been working on this for several months now, in addition to our own as you know, whether it be partners, parents, as well as all the hats that we wear in education. I myself is also an adapted PE specialist for Fremont Unified School District. And I've also had the pleasure of being, um, now I am the past chair of SCAPE, but I was, I had the pleasure of being the chair last year and very happy to pass on the torch to Heidi in that sense too. And I'm excited to be here and share with everybody who's listening uh, what's been going on with the planning process for our amazing conference coming up. And um, we're excited to just spread the word, spread the news out there and have everybody come and come and have fun with us. All right. Thank you, co-directors. My next question is, what can someone expect if they attend the 52nd National APE Conference? We have a lot of amazing sessions planned. Our program committee has been amazing. We got some incredible proposals. We have lecture sessions. We have activity sessions. As you mentioned, we have that more specific separate behavior management training, which we know is greatly needed in our field. Um, and we also have several keynote speakers. Jen Hebink, who is a, a, a teacher of the National Teacher of the Year, and then Greg Bellender, who is at um, Azusa Pacific and was also an APE teacher way back when. He's doing another keynote welcome address for us. We have a lot of things planned, um, and it's it's going to be an absolutely amazing conference and incredible professional development opportunity for adapted PE teachers. Lemmy, is there anything you want to add? Yeah. Um, in addition to all the great stuff that Heidi already shared for us, you know, we're we're going to be in Burbank 
you know, right by Hollywood, right by Universal Studios. So, you know, if you have some time to stick around um, before, during, after the conference, take a little break and go out to town, that's right by. Um, at least at the conference itself, where we do have a Thursday night social planned, uh, we'll have a nice buffet and we'll have, we're, we're still brainstorming what activities can we, you know, give, can we produce at, at the conference to keep everybody entertained. And um, I think also the, another thing that's really amazing that we're offering is just variety of people that are coming from all over the country, not just California, but we'll have out of state presenters as well. And I think it's always helpful to have those different perspectives and different ways of things being done elsewhere outside of California. And even within California regionally, you know, I think we all come across different differences, just what's happening in the Bay Area versus Southern California versus Northern California. There's so many different things that, um, that we all have to bring. So that's going to be at the conference as well. Great. Um, remind me again, it begins Thursday, November 2nd. What's the starting time? The sessions start at two o'clock. Those of us that are involved in state council and several other meetings will be attending different meetings in the morning, but the sessions start at two o'clock on uh, Thursday, November 2nd. Great. And then they conclude Saturday, November 4th, usually around in the afternoon. Yeah, I think 11 is is um, when it concludes this year. Um, and Friday is a full day packed, uh, packed with sessions. Um, I also wanted to mention a lot of our amazing exhibitors and vendors that are going to be joining us. So we have a lot of vendors that are coming that will be raffling off equipment. So there's opportunity to not only purchase things, but even to win things as well. Um, I know Palo Sports and um, Special Olympics are two um, and Gopher. So all those big companies that we usually purchase our equipment from, a lot of them will be there with lots of discounts on equipment and opportunities to win things as well. Excellent. One thing I love about this conference, um, you can kind of vote with your feet, if you will, with regards to what session you attend. Because don't you all have like 50 some sessions to choose from? So usually each hour, there might be five different sessions that you can go to. And, you know, maybe if you want to go to behavior management or assessment or inclusion or a hands-on activity that um, you know, it's like choose your own adventure, right? Did y'all read those books when you were little? <laughs> yes, I love that analogy. And one of the and, things I was talking about this morning with that is that, you know, send more than one APE teacher. I know some districts are being a little stingy, but if you, one of the ways you can rationalize that is there are so many different sessions and you can divide and conquer. Like I'm going to go to this activity session, you go to this lecture session, and then we can get back together and talk about what we each learned. And that in that way, entire departments can gain so much knowledge just from one conference. Yeah. I love that. I want, I also want to add to that um, in terms of who's get, who we would want to attend this conference. In addition to adapted PE teachers, let's get our gen ed teachers out there too. So if you have a, conf you know, if your district is generous and are willing to 
um, send people other than, you know, just your special ed teachers. Let's, let's get our gen ed teachers because again, inclusion is going to, is a hot topic. And, and we have adaptive PE teachers who have, you know, stories and suggestions on what they did, how they worked with their gen ed PE teachers on making it a reality at their school. So, um, you know, just let's not limit to just adaptive PE teachers. Let's get those gen ed PE teachers out there too. And Heck, bring um, your bring your whole motor team. <laughs> yeah, there absolutely. there are a OT, lot of also, like yeah. let's get everybody out there. Great, and I also know the conference is so good for networking. If you're looking for an APE position, uh, a lot of times this is a great spot to hear some initial like who's going to have openings at semester or for the next academic year. So it's just a great way to start making those connections and put a, a name with a face, uh, particularly if you're looking for you know certain areas and are hopeful for job opportunities you know in that district. I tell my college students that all the time. This is the number one way to network and meet people face-to-face -to, -face to get those connections for those future employment opportunities. Absolutely. Great point, Melissa. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Heidi and Lemmy, kind of our, our final you know, plug here. Why should someone attend the National APE Conference this year in Burbank? The number one reason that comes to mind for me, not only as a co-director, but as someone who attends these conferences, is that this is our only adapted PE specific conference that we can attend during the school year. So oftentimes, if we do get that pushback from administrators, I remind them of that because I know that my district will only pay typically for one big conference attendance. And so I always push the fact that this is specific to adaptive physical education. And then you can also share our tentative program with them and show them, hey, I'm going to attend this behavior management training. Um, I'm going to attend this session on writing legally defensible adaptive PE reports. I'm going to learn about new assessment tools. I'm going to learn about all kinds of new different activity ideas. I'm going to learn about the latest research in our field that our amazing professors bring to us that is really relevant to our field and how we can implement that type of research directly with our students. In my district, we have to like fill out an actual rationale of why we want to attend this professional development opportunity. And I could just go on and on and on and on with all of these different reasons why. And it's hugely important to note. And I think that's the biggest reason is that there isn't a lot of professional development opportunities out there specifically for adapted PE teachers. So for me, that is one of the biggest reasons to attend. Right. How many well, times on social media do we have someone post, oh, I'm looking for you know, a conference about adapted PE. Well, this is the one. This is the one you don't want to miss. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> this is it. Come to this one. Uh, Lemmy, what what do you think? Why should someone attend NAPEC 52? Yeah, you know, I love me personally, in addition to all the wonderful things that Heidi already said for us, um, I personally gain, regain energy in my energy tank as an adapted PE teacher. So, you know, it's, 
let's, I, I always felt our profession to be isolating in certain ways. You know, oftentimes we are the ones that are, are um, I've worked in a district where I was the only APE teacher or it was just I and another colleague and we're all over the place. So we hardly get to see each other. Um, even now in a team of five, I don't see my colleagues all the time. It's difficult to collaborate and coordinate that time to meet together and brainstorm and whatnot. So, you know, my energy tank does run a little low by this time of the year, especially after the, all the hustle and bustle we go through to, to get our schedule together, to get our caseload managed and whatnot. So I always found the conference to be such a great time to go and re refuel my energy tank and just get re-inspired to as to why I'm doing this. Why do I do this day in and day out? And, you know, I've been doing this for 10 plus years. And the conference, you know, is one of the biggest reasons why I've lasted this long. And um, as, you know, as energy draining as it has been to plan the conference as well, <laughs> it's okay. It's good. It's I know it's well worth it. I yeah. agree. Well, Absolutely. We get that inspiration. And that support, because we are often so isolated as itinerants in our field. So I, I totally agree with Lemmy that on a personal note, that is 100% accurate as well. Well said. Sometimes you're in an APE desert where, you know, there's not many APEs uh, in your area or, you know, like you said, that we're just so busy. So this is a, a great way to just never stop learning. That's so important. Like if the last thing you learn like in your university course on APE, like you're not becoming the professional that you could be. And so this is a great way to get, you know, reinvigorated, um, re-energized for the profession. And of course, just that continued development because our field changes lightning fast, <laughs> you know, whether it's terminology or modifications or technology we're always constantly changing and evolving. And this is a way to stay on the pulse. So thank you both uh, co-directors, much appreciated and for all the hard work that y'all do behind the scenes to make this conference uh, a great resounding success. So hopefully we will see everyone in Burbank on uh, November 2nd through the 4th. And we'll continue on now with the interviews with our keynote speakers in the behavior management workshop. Thanks, ladies. Thanks, Melissa. Thank you. See you all there. All right, now joining us, we have Greg Bellander. I'll allow him to introduce himself, and then I have a few questions for him about his keynote. All right, thanks, Melissa. Yeah, my name is Greg Bellander, and um, I taught uh, adaptive PE uh, as an adaptive PE specialist in a SoCal school district for 11 years and absolutely love that. And then for the last um, seven years, I'm in my eighth year now, I've been a, a professor at Azusa Pacific University where I coordinate our adapted PE added authorization program. And um, super excited to, to you know, be invited to be a keynote this, this year. Yeah, tell us about your keynote. What can we expect? All right. Well, I'm. Um, I really enjoy thinking about the big picture, and um, and I know just in education in general, it's easy to get complacent with where we are, and uh, that's not always the best for our students, though. And so, um, yeah, I want to start out by asking the audience just to think about and to share with one another. I'm not looking for you know share in front of everybody, 
Um, but just their why, why did, why did they get into this field? And, um, and my, my guess is that most people wanna see better outcomes for students who are affected by disability, right? Um, but when we, look, when we look at our adults with uh, intellectual disability, um, autism spectrum disorder, especially those with more extensive support needs, um, so many of them are living below the poverty line. Um, they're misunderstood or they're avoided simply because people don't wanna say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. Um, and so I think uh, inclusion is the answer to that. Um, I also want to, and I think most people are on board with inclusion to certain degrees, but I also want to introduce people. Um, I, I would imagine for some people it'll be new, but just the concept of the social model of disability um, and, uh, and how, that, how that changes um, our perspective on things and how it should really change our approach to what we do. And a lot of it is, I don't know, I want to say counterintuitive or even countercultural within like special education uh, because special education, the laws, um, everything else was built on like the medical model or deficit model. So um, kind of guide people through some of those things. And, and then, yeah, if we, if we embrace the social model of disability, what does that mean? Some of that is realizing that um, this disabling of people is more of the fault of the environment than, than, um, than something that an individual needs to fix about themselves or that we need to help an individual fix. And, and, and also, you know, just stemming from that too, just focusing on, um, and this is really counter, uh, counter, you know, educate or education law, counter individuals with disabilities education improvement act, um, focusing on strengths, especially with this population um, instead of deficits. And so, you know, when I think about the IEP process, we just hammer students over and over year after year with their deficits and, um, we're killing the love of physical activity for them by doing that. And so I think when we look at their needs, it doesn't have to be their deficits. Their need is probably, you know, being um, finding physical activity that they enjoy and that they'll be, uh, that they'll choose to participate in. And when we focus on their strengths and their interests, um, they're going to be much more likely to participate in that, you know, when they're not with us. Counterintuitive ideas like that, sharing that, and then also realizing that um, we need to change the general ed PE class. To, um, to be more inclusive and we can do that through UDL, um, but it takes, it takes communication between the APE teachers and the GPE, general PE teachers. And I think for, um, and transparency, and I think for a lot of us, that's just uncomfortable. Um, it hasn't been a big part of our job, you know, up until this point, but when we think about, we, we really wanna do what's best for kids and get them interacting with one another so that they grow up understanding one another and, and become adults who understand one another. Um, you know, we, we have to, we have to be willing to stretch ourselves a little bit and have those conversations. And then I guess just closing the keynote with, uh, what I think is probably one of the, I'll leave it as a cliffhanger, but like one of the biggest questions, one of the best questions that, um, we can, we can ask and keep asking, um, as we, um, think about, you know, improving outcomes for our students. So, um, yeah, but like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll save that for the keynote. I can't wait for your session. So well, congratulations. Thanks. This is going to be a, a really exciting one. And last question that we have for you, why should people attend National APE Conference? Great question. So uh, I was thinking back, I, I started attending as an undergraduate uh, at Cal State San Bernardino um, under you know Dr. Terry Rizzo. And um, so I've been going to the conference probably 22 years straight, maybe missed one or two, but 
Um, but yeah, what I found, whether I was, you know, an undergrad student um, or a postback student earning my credential um, or a professional teaching adaptive physical education is that it just recharges, you know, recharges my batteries. Um, and I know, especially as a professional, right, um, as an APE specialist, uh, you know, IEP meetings and especially IEP meetings with advocates who are in it for all the wrong reasons that can drain your battery very quickly. And so it's so important to just um, to be able to offer your very best to students and recharge those batteries. Um, in addition to that, you just meet other amazing people who all share this passion about empowering students with disabilities. And so, um, and especially this year, and I think a lot in part to, um, to the great promotion of the conference that you've been doing, we just have more speakers from other states and um, and even a speaker or two from uh, outside the U.S. too, which will be exciting. And so, um, so yeah, just looking forward to, to the new voices that we'll be hearing and, and people sharing. Conference, just a great opportunity to learn from and network with the presenters who, who are talking about things that, that you're interested in, obviously. Um, and then I want to take a step back too, and I realize there's, there's probably people that are listening that have maybe never been to a conference. Um, and when I think about how I would describe that, I would say it's almost like choose your own professional development adventure. So, uh, you know, at any given time slot uh, throughout the conference, there, there will be breakout sessions where, you know, there's five or six um, or maybe even seven uh, different sessions going on, different topics. And you get to choose which one sounds most applicable to my, you know, to what I need um, and to go to that. And, um, and then the presenters, if you've never been also, the presenters are... Um, it's not just APE faculty like us, but it's also APE practitioners, APE teachers, um, and more and more general ed PE teachers joining them who are talking about the inclusive models that they're using. So, um, and then a variety of sessions too. We've got sessions that are lecture and, and um, a little bit more cognitive in nature, and then some that are more discussion and idea sharing, and then others that are you know, actual physical activity. So it's, it's not the kind of conference that you wear dress shoes to, it's the kind of conference you wear tennis shoes to, right? <laughs> um, yeah, it's just a great place to get your questions answered, to share resources, um, learn about new resources and equipment. Um, you know, Bruce Davey, who's been heading up our, um, our exhibitors, our vendors for the conference has, has just scheduled a great lineup of equipment companies and other companies that'll be there to share um, their resources. And then I think last, it's just fun. Uh, it's just an amazing time. In addition to having fun in the sessions, at the sessions, um, at the meals, you know, we also have a great social event planned. And um, again, it's just a, a great time to have fun, grow in your profession and, uh, and get your batteries recharged. So. Fantastic. Well, Greg, I can't wait to see you and everyone else at NAPEC 52. Until Likewise. then. I am here. Next with Jen Hebink, she is another keynote speaker at the National APE Conference. Welcome, Jen. Would you go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, everybody. I'm Jen Hebink, and I am so excited to be keynoting at the National Conference this year and presenting a session, which I'm really passionate about. Um, but I am from Minnesota. We're getting ready to uh, present at the Minnesota, what we call Mindate Conference. And so that's been really busy at the beginning of the school year. But I've been teaching full-time adapted PE for 14. This is my 14th year. So I have 13 years in. Uh, don't feel like a rookie anymore. But, you know, as most of us know, like sometimes we really still don't know what we're doing even <laughs> 
at year 14, but it goes pretty well for me now, I feel like. So um, I just, I love working with my kids. I love working with my team. I teach in Buffalo, Minnesota at the secondary level. So I teach at Buffalo Community Middle School and Buffalo High School. And I teach both adapted PE and unified PE at that level. So hi, everybody. And you were Shape America National APE Teacher of the Year. Yes, that's a <laughs> big detail I left out. Um, 2022, uh, in 2022, I was the the Shape America National Adaptive PE Teacher of the Year. And that was like, just so like mind blowing and wonderful and have met so many people um, coming out of Central District. So 2022 Central District Teacher of the Year. And then when the world shut down in 2020, one of the highlights was that I was the Minshape Teacher of the Year. So kind of just, I mean, there were things that came out of the pandemic that were hard, but that was definitely one of the highlights. <laughs> nice, congratulations. Thank you. Share with us, what will your keynote be about? So my keynote, I feel like the question that keeps coming back to me is what do adapted PE teachers need to hear right here and need to hear right here in this moment in time? Um, and so I chose the title of this, the presentation to be shine through your story, because I feel like there's a lot of um, passion and when are you at your best and when do you see success but there's also things behind shining your story that help us shine our story um, I also want to share about how my students have shined through their stories and so there'll be lots of story. I'm a storyteller I'm less academic I'm more of like hit you in the heart kind of speaker and so that's going to be where I'm coming from um, less like data more like stories so I'm excited to share a little bit about that. And I, I just, I think, I think I need it. Like, I feel like I'm going to be speaking to myself. Like as I'm writing this, like this is what I need to hear from my mouth too. So I'm hoping it goes well. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Very inspirational. <laughs> and this will be your first national APE conference. What excites you? What are you most looking toward doing? So I've never done this conference before and it's always been in the back of my brain. I need to get out to this conference. And I feel like between our home conference, Mindape and the national adapted PE uh, national adapted PE conference, I feel like those are both two that are held in high esteem. And it's like, I just need to get out to California. And so um, I think the coolest part, number one is just, I follow so many amazing educators on Twitter and I've been able to even start having conversations already. Like I'm going to be there. Are you going to be there? Um, I also met, this is so crazy. So for a while I had TikTok and I'm not quite sure what I'm doing with my TikTok yet, but I was able to meet the um, creator of one of the inclusive um, pieces of equipment that he created and through, through TikTok. And then we had a phone call and he goes, I'm coming to the conference. Let's meet, let's talk. And so I'm just really excited to not only be with the educators out there, um, but to network, to give ideas and support each other. And, but also I'm just thinking about how much I just, man, I, I told Kasha, okay, Kasha was the, the keynote last year and she's my adapted PE teacher of the year uh, sister. So we're like sisters, right? Besties. Um, <laughs> but I told her when she keynoted last year, I told her, oh man, if there was one conference that I would ever want to keynote, this is the conference. 
And so literally like a month and a half later, I had a text from Heidi, will you come to our conference and keynote? I was like, yes, <laughs> you manifested <Perfect>. it. <laughs> yes. Um, and so I'm just really excited because I feel like we get a lot of like at Mindape, we get a lot of like Midwestern people. Um, obviously the whole state of Minnesota, we're all really, really close, but I feel like this one is going to pull, you know, West coast, maybe a few East coast to um, just the people I'm most excited for the people. Yeah. Uh, National AP conference, we get teachers from all over. Well, and and um, professors, uh, yeah. Alaska, Texas, you know, of course, California, and you know, throughout the US. And that makes it really fun that it's, you know, just everyone coming together. But I love your points about not all learning necessarily happens during the sessions. You mm-hmm. are 100% correct that I feel like I make some of my best moments uh, of a conference during those like hallway meetings, the social gatherings, you know, going to the bar for a drink, whatever it might be, but just those social aspects that are associated with the conference, putting a, you know, a a face with a name that you've seen on Twitter or Instagram. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, look at the amazing thing that person is doing. And now you get a chance to pick their brain live in person, you know, ask them anything. Um, And sometimes the best learning happens during those just truly organic conversations and moments at a conference. Yeah. So I I love that. Great point. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, Jen, we thank you so much. And we are eagerly anticipating seeing your keynote this year. I'm hearing more about it. I yeah, I I can't wait. So it's going to be a great conference and reminding everyone to, you know, if you're on the fence, this is the year to come November 2nd through the 4th. Come check us out. Thanks again, Jen. Much appreciated. Bye, everybody. All right, now I am here with our behavior management workshop uh, members. We have Drs. Amanda Young, Barry LeVay, and Leslie Fru- uh, Karui. I got it. Okay. <laughs> um, in addition, the the fourth member, uh, Julie Williams, uh, will be joining for the workshop, and she is from Moreno Valley, and she is a program specialist and a um, B- and BCBA, which is Board Certified Behavior Analyst. So to begin, let's have each of the three of you introduce yourself. Uh, Barry, why don't you begin? Hi, my name is uh, Barry LeVay. I'm a professor emeritus at Cal State University, Long Beach, and uh, I taught there for 37 years from 1988 to 2020. Prior to that, I taught for four years at Long at Fort Hayes State University. And then prior to that, I did my PhD at the University of New Mexico, and I was an itinerant AP teacher. And also I taught in Illinois elementary PE, and I taught uh, adaptive PE um, in Southern Illinois. And, and uh, that's where I started working with kids with intellectual disabilities. And, and I realized I could have great lesson plans, but if I didn't um, ha- motivate them, and that's then they would just shut down. So that's when I got really interested in behavior management and decided to to explore that for my dissertation and just continued writing in that field. Great. And of course, you are the lead author of uh, Behavior Management and Physical Education textbook. Yeah, sure. Which is in its third edition. Yeah, yeah I want sure. to give Ron French and, and Hester, um, you know, mention them Henderson, as well, yeah. too. Great writing team and 
yeah, we still talk to each other, even though we've been writing together for 35 years. So it's been great. All right. Thanks, Barry. Leslie? Hi, everybody. Um, my name is Leslie Karui. I am an adaptive PE teacher here in Orange County, California. I have been for 19 years. Um, I work with mostly students with extensive support needs. Um, and I actually really got interested in behavior, I would say maybe about 10 years ago. Um, and so I think it was 2017, I decided to do my master's um, in applied behavior analysis. Um, so I do have um, my master's in that. And, um, you know, I, it, it has helped me tremendously. Um, uh, just, you know, working with students with in, uh, high needs, high need in terms of behavior, and it's really, really helped. So, um, and I'm excited to be a part of this um, presentation. Great. Thanks, Leslie. And Amanda? Hi, all. Amanda Young. Uh, I'm assistant professor of PEAT and APE at Cal State Long Beach in my fifth year in higher ed. Before I get into higher ed, I taught adapted PE at the preschool level and uh, elementary levels in Texas and um, just kind of worked through learning how to manage behaviors, uh, learned under Dr. Ron French and continued my love for behavior management in all my teaching and you know, like Barry says, and everyone says, you can't teach if you can't manage. So uh, it's really important for us to kind of communicate about behavior management and make sure we are able to share all of our resources and help everyone else kind of figure out their track along this behavior management route. So excited to share with you all. Right on. I can't wait to count how many Barryisms are said in this <laughs> workshop. <laughs> you can't direct before you connect. I mean, we'll hey. just keep them coming. <laughs> um, Barry is going to start off by giving a broad overview of the workshop. So uh, last spring, uh, Heidi Ambrosius, is, who is one of the co-directors of the uh, conference, uh, asked me if I would come and speak to her behavior management class at San Bernardino. And so afterwards, we started talking about um doing something at this year's conference regarding behavior management. And we both agreed that we wanted to do something that really got into some issues and, you know, 50 minutes would not do that. And so we decided to try to uh, put together like a, a three hour workshop and limit the number of people that could participate in it. So we could really uh, spend time with them and then have with three hours, we could have, um, you know, a, a diverse uh, group uh, speaking. And so we could have Amanda and I who could really um, talk about theory, but but Leslie and Julie who are in the daily trenches could really um, explore some of the really practical aspects of it. And I think whenever you're talking about behavior management, I think it's it's really important if you're giving presentations to to try to combine that and, and it's and to be authentic and to, to be out there in the, in the schools. So we came up with this, uh, the art and science of behavior management in order to enhance student learning. And because behavior management is both like a science and systematic, but it's also an art with the creativity. And that's what we're gonna try to do um, over that three hour workshop. And so we broke it up into three big blocks. And the first block is really looking at a philosophy, developing a philosophy of behavior management, as well as 
um, developing your behavior management plan. Uh, personally, I think that's an area that's really overlooked a lot of times. Sometimes teachers just want, give me some strategies and, and you've got to have a really strong foundation. You've got to have this um, philosophy of what, what do you believe in and what, you know, with consistency. And there's a number of things there. And then we get into developing the behavior management plan. And some of the things that that's been my experience that teachers really struggle with is how to really analyze and define behaviors. And what is that child that's screaming at you really trying to say to you, you know, those kinds of things. Then the next block, we really get into um, proactive strategies and with the return to the classroom because of COVID routines and expectations are even more important today. You know, uh, what, what I'm finding interesting is I'm getting a lot of, calls from from people out in the field uh, that behavior management is like in again because of the whole, you know, return to the classroom. But anyway, we, we talk about a lot of classroom management stuff. And we also talk about increasing how to strategies for increasing behaviors. But then the, the third block is really exciting is we really look at redirecting uh, behaviors. And you notice I don't use the term punishment. Um, because we're really talking about positive behavior management. And and then we're getting into like, what about challenging behaviors? What about de-escalating um, behaviors that are extreme? And then we we talk about collaboration. And I think that's where really like Leslie and, and Julie can r- really help in that in that area, especially uh, with some of the things that they're doing and how to de-escalate um, behaviors. So that's a general overview of it. And and then, but there's some more specific things because we really try to get the audience involved. So they're going to share some of that, right? Uh, Leslie, would you talk to us specifically how this can apply to the APE teacher? Sure, sure. Yeah, uh, like Barry said, as part of the presentation, um, you know, we we hope to kind of break off and answer, you know, some of those teacher questions. Um, also, like Barry mentioned, post COVID. Um, there are a lot of behaviors and, you, you know, you kind of have to go back to, um, you know, behavior plan and philosophy and, uh, you know, the whole management of everything. So um, hopefully what I also didn't mention in my introduction is that I am part of the Southern California Adaptive PE Consortium. Um, and we have been fielding a ton of questions from Adaptive PE teachers in the field about behavior and what to do, um, you know, um, a lot of different scenarios across a wide spectrum from, you know, mild behaviors to like Barry mentioned, extreme, you know, intensive behaviors and how to manage that. And so we're hoping um, during the presentation that we can kind of break off into groups. And yes, Julie obviously is the board certified behavior analyst. Um, And then myself, who's also in the field that has quite a bit of experience with that can kind of field those questions and help um, the teachers and anyone else in that presentation, um, sort of like Barry said, make a philosophy, make a plan, you know, and really walk, walk them through steps of what to do and how to um, maybe even address some more specific um, scenarios and concerns and things like that to try to help everybody out. Great, thank you. And Amanda, is there anything else to add? Yeah, I think it's also important to remember that not all teacher preparation programs focus on behavior management, let alone have a class designated towards behavior management. So although behavior management gets, you know, sprinkled into pedagogy courses and other courses throughout teacher preparation, um, I think it's important to note that some people lack 
proper behavior management training. So we're kind of hoping that we can address that and provide some some real hands-on strategies and examples and um, just things to help people manage behaviors. Great. Thanks, all. Yeah, the workshop the, sounds fantastic. Oh, Barry has more. Let's hear no, it. <laughs> well, people who sign up, they're going to get like all our slides. They're going to get this list of resources. Um, and, and so they're there's a lot of that. They're going to get this. Um, some of the slides we show some uh, some websites that we really like dealing with behavior management uh, apps. I'm sorry, not and websites as well. So there'll be a lot of resources, and I think a real strength will be that they can have these these. You know, we'll we'll share these slides with them. You know, so great. And remind me what time on Thursday is the workshop? Well, I'll remind you. It's on Friday. And it's oh, that, okay. my bad <laughs> Friday. Thanks. And it's from <laughs> two to five. Okay, great. And the cost is $20 for the right. workshop. Yeah. Very good. And you can um, kind of add that on to your registration if you're, mm-hmm. you know, doing that online, et cetera. Okay. And you'll also get great. a certificate of completion yeah. with this workshop. Oh, okay. Great. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, last question for y'all, and that is, you know, why should someone attend NAPEC? Why are you all excited to go to NAPEC 52? I'll start. Um, I think, uh-oh. oh, sorry, Leslie. <laughs> uh, NAPEC is such a great way to collaborate and get to know other practitioners in our field. Our field is so small, um, good old APE. So when we can all gather together and share resources and connect, I think that's really important. Um, so great professional development, great, great collaboration and connections with other APE folks. Yep. I was just going to say that, all of those reasons, and we're excited that's back in Southern California post-COVID. Um, hopefully, we can see a lot of people there. We are excited and looking forward to it. You know, I, I would just say, like, that conference has had a huge impact on my career. Um, I attended with my wife in 1984, the, the first conference, and I was a first-year professor at Fort Hayes State, and uh, we talked about... Um, active learning games before it was even a thing where you incorporate movement in the classroom. My wife's a special ed teacher. So we did this presentation and I was, I had taught in three different States, um, you know, Illinois, New Mexico, and um, Kansas. And we were lucky if we could get 50 people in a room. And I went to that conference. It was a beautiful fall weekend. It was up in Stockton, California. And there were 700 people at this conference, 700 people at all through Adaptive P. And I was just blown away. And I said, this is where I want to go. This is where I want to teach. Plus the weather's a lot better. And I didn't get any argument from my wife because we were living in Kansas. So, um, (laughs) so you know, and I just get, I, you know, and I've been, I haven't missed this conference since I was 1988. I just love this conference and, and the energy that the people have. And it's just a real shot in the arm. Um, because I think sometimes a lot of practitioners feel marginalized, or maybe they're the only AP teacher. And um, going to the conference, they realize, hey, I'm with all, I'm with my people, I'm with my like minded people. And it's just, um, that alone is worth, you know, attending the conference. It's sometimes it's not just the presentations and workshops, but it's, a, you know, interacting with others and sharing ideas. So that's what I would would share. It I changed agree. my life. 
that yeah, conflict. I'd agree. I've, I've been now, I, I thought about it. I think I've been almost every year since 2001 when I was a student at Cal Poly. Um, so yeah, it's definitely, you know, exciting to see everybody and just get rejuvenated about your field and your passion and your profession. So Thank you all so much for sharing about the Behavior Management Workshop. What a great opportunity, encouraging those who are attending the National APE Conference to consider signing up for this workshop. You'll get a lot of specialized attention from a lot of our, you know, experts, our four experts here in the field on behavior management. Um, so thank you all listeners to the What's New in APE podcast and hope to see you all at the National APE Conference November 2nd through the 4th. Bye yeah. all until then. Bye-bye. Bye.